Hey, sister. Hey, sister. Welcome, listeners, to the Sunflower Society podcast, where we are helping you maximize your gifts and talents and your day-to-day activities to have an impact in the world. Let's get ready to go. shirt you got on there actually viewers and listeners welcome to the sunflower society podcast we did not plan this literally we don't record in the same place oh i didn't even realize hopefully you could hear me still my voice does have a way of carrying wait do you have a video filter on i don't think so you look like you have on a video there's a lot of you're just so there's a lot of light so creamy in. and porcelain and um <laughs> it's like you're angelic um well welcome listeners oh. you know we have our our little banter back and forth but Kara and I uh we're both wearing I'll show you real quick her her positioning's a little different um I'm not gonna keep mine like this obviously for obvious reasons <laughs> you can't see my face um but our lighting is also different. She is in like a sunroom. So you get the very angelic light and her shirt appears a little lighter. This is more true to the shade of blue, I would say, than how you're yes. showing up in yes. color. Um, it's like a heather blue kind of, you can wear it off the shoulder, show you my little tan line. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's kind of cloudy here today. So my lighting is, is not super bright I don't have as many windows I guess so it's good now it's actually raining here but it's really still bright in here yeah well you just have way more window I'm working with one sliding door to my deck in the living room so um but welcome listeners this episode is sponsored by wait for it wait for it Kara did you know we have a sponsor ourselves Sponsored by our latest recipe. So if you are a person and you want to dabble in gardening, I'll name off three people this might be good for. And you tell me if I'm wrong on this, Kara. If you are interested in getting into gardening, you already are kind of dabbling in gardening or growing your own plants or herbs, Mm -hmm. or you are really into the moon cycles and astrology and centering yourself for like full moon meditations etc but we have a freebie so we're just gonna say it this episode is sponsored by us spiritually strategic co that's our company (laughs) um and if you're interested in getting our latest freebie which if you fit those three things or maybe you're just curious you can go to bit.ly backslash moon grow that's bit we'll put the link in the description yeah bit.ly backslash m-o-o-n g-r-o-w that's our sponsor our freebie and you can also find um the link in both of our bios on instagram i'm at glam gourmet home i did change my um username on instagram i'm here here for it and i'm loving it i'm loving it too um and justine is at spiritually strategic 
So you can find the freebie there as well. Plus come follow us on Instagram. That would be cool as well. I would also add to the people that it's perfect for. Actually, every gardener is who it's perfect for because for me, like I buy the farmer's almanac every year and I read through it and everything, but their table in there for moon favorable planting dates is not that great to read or not, not that easy to read. Let's just put it that way. Um, so I just formatted the dates in a more appealing, a visually appealing and easier to read look. She did um, all the heavy lifting of analyzing those really, really small charts that quite frankly, when I saw her looking at all of that, <laughs> I have no clue. I no, literally, I would have no clue how to utilize the farmer's almanac. Um, and I think that's also the key. Um, with this, you are getting an eight page. We like to be fully transparent. And it says this when you click on the link, but you're getting an eight page gardening guide. And that includes calendar templates for March and April, the favorable growing dates for every region of the United States for certain vegetables for March and April. So that's where you should be right now doing your planning and going to your local gardening or home store to get seeds and those type of things. Um, and then we also, I think I included one of like our free, uh, journal pages, like a free space to just brainstorm or map mm -hmm. things out. Um, and I think there was something else. There's a couple other the things, moon meditation. Oh, a guide. There's a guide for what each of the stages on the calendar that we, um, that we created. I look, I'll use that loosely. Kara did so much of this heavy lifting. I helped support with like some back end stuff, but this is really her baby and brainchild. So I'm giving shout out to my sister co-author, but really she's the lead author. Um, so <laughs> And this is more her wheelhouse. You know, I like to dabble in like the sprouts and herbs, but I am not the master <laughs> that she is. Um, not yet. I will, I will be someday when I have land. Um, so, um, but all that to say, you're getting a lot of value. And then there is a, about a six minute, it's almost six minutes that that part is my wheelhouse. And I had written at the last full moon, um, I was actually out of town and taking a personal retreat and I did a full moon bath ritual and some other things. And so I actually wrote a meditation during that time period, but we, we added some music and um, it's really great for just centering and entering full moon. So if any of those things pique your interest, even if you're like, I'm not really into gardening, but I do love meditation, go, go download the freebie. It's all inside of there. Um, and you'll, you, it's, yeah, you'll love it. So that's that, but find and you can find, yeah, yeah, you can find the full content. If you're, if you enjoy the freebie, mm. we have a book coming out that you can buy a physical copy of. It is available by ebook version right now on Amazon. It's called the Lunar Garden 2021 and you can access it via your Kindle. I think for Kindle Unlimited it's free for you users. Yep, but I got my two, copy. Two ninety nine, otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, but I would recommend the physical copy, which we'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks. Here, we're just finishing final editing and kind of going back and forth um, with that. But that will be a great space for you to plan out your specific garden plot. There's also uh, room for reflections at the beginning and end of each month for goal setting lessons learned, that kind of thing. So calendar, there's a double, calendar with yeah, the moon a, cycles for the, all the rest of yeah. 2021. Um, 
I would also recommend, I have the Kindle version, obviously, but I, I would highly recommend the, the print version because this is something that you want to, it's also a beautiful size. Like you can easily carry it around in your purse. If you're a person who likes to note things on your calendar. Um, but it's just a beautiful, I think it's beautiful how you married all those concepts and everything that we would want, you know, in, yeah. <laughs> in a, a I pretty much better. made exactly what I've been looking for and never been able to find. So here it is. Um, so that will be coming in the next couple of weeks. Just keep an eye out on our social media. Um, our socials. Our socials. Well, with that being said, if you haven't, stop right now. Do two things. One, at least one of two, please. We implore you. Hit subscribe on YouTube right now. And then hit the bell so that hit the bell. Hit the bell. Uh <laughs> Hit the bell because then you also get notifications when we release a new episode of this, the Sunflower Society podcast. Um, or if you prefer to listen, you know, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And we will constantly and consistently be adding to our content. We are we are newer to YouTube, but we really want to show up more on this platform in the future. And we'll continue to put out great content right now. <clears throat> All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> also, um, water, so when you're when you're considering subscribing, you don't have to like all of the stuff that we put out, but also it helps us um, be able to get more access to different perks <clears throat> of being on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, if you care to help <clears throat> help a couple gals along, are you all right? I am now. Sorry, I sucked in wrong. I got a little excited talking about all of our great, our uh, great things on YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I would I would add to that too. That's the easiest way to support creatives. So people who are creatives and entrepreneurs like us, there's a lot of things we put out because we really don't feel like we should be charging for some of the things. And we want to be offering that, whether it is supports for people understanding themselves better or getting more in touch with their spiritual walk to understand their gifting and their calling in the world. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> we just, we want people to be able to access that kind of stuff for, for free or for low cost. So. And this is an easy way to support us in that a free and easy right. way for you to support us. <laughs> well, and I actually, Kara, I just had that realization. I was talking with one of my dear friends yesterday and we are birthday twins. Hey, Dan. Um, and he was like, well, I was kind of beating myself up, of course, because some of my classmates are already like they've defended their dissertation. And this is me. This is my problem. It is not because of the pressures of my program or anything else. And he lovingly was like, Justine, you produce a podcast with your sister, you have two companies, and you freaking wrote a book during our dissertation year. So... Not to mention all the schools that you collaborate with and travel to oh, to work in person yeah. with and cohorts and the online know, cohorts and, you know, all the things. I think it's also just me. Like, I get very like... No, I'm not paying the man more money than they need. 
Like, so part of that pressure is legitimate. Like I don't want to have to extend. I know some people literally take like eight or nine years to do a dissertation. That is not going to be me. So anyways, I was saying all that to say that was the first time I heard somebody say like, well, yeah, you also help produce. And I'm like, yeah, we do produce a podcast. We do. So thank you all. Thank you for your support. If you think you know somebody who might who might like to listen, that's also another way you could support. Just share it with some people that you're like, hey, this is cool. Um. <laughs> and compared to all the other YouTube crap that's out there, sorry, but we're pretty high quality. We're giving you some quality content. We're, um, you know, I know I, I could name a lot of you in high quality that don't don't produce. Uh, they they have shock value maybe, but. It's high value and high quality. We're here for your hearts. I will say it's high value and high quality because we're giving you exactly who we are. And I think that in our world of social media platforms, that can actually be really hard to find. Um, but for the most part, we show up here specifically on the Sunflower Society. And this is our time to talk through. Um, <clears throat> and we know we have a couple of fun segments that can be fun. Sometimes they're more serious, like Petty Parlor, which we're going to go to momentarily. Hang on, listeners. Um, we're going there. Uh, or go save yourself above everything else. We started this, which actually, it's almost exactly our two-year anniversary. We started this in April. Yeah, April 1st or 2nd, 2019. I guess the joke was yeah. on us, April Fool's Day. <laughs> Yeah. I literally think we did release our first one on April Fool's. No joke. Oh. So have people thought we were joking this whole time? (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) Probably. I'm just kidding. But, But that is truly why we started just literally recording our conversations because we've loved talking since we were kids and shared a room. Uh, we used to do it on cassette tapes, just record ourselves doing who knows what. Um, and same, I guess much hasn't changed in 30 years. <laughs> oh, but anyways, yeah, this is really, we just love to come on here and talk about things that we're working on. So just know, trust and believe. Um, if you want us to talk about a topic that would resonate more with you, please drop it in the comments below and be like, Hey, can you talk about this? Or can you talk about that? Um, usually in go save yourself, we try to choose a cultural event of some type, something happening within the culture of the United States, which is where we live. Um, and, and banter a bit about that. But I know, I know today we, we actually have some flow between Patty parlor and go save yourself kind of this, concept of duality being self-promotional like a self-made the concept of self-made and then on the other end of the spectrum and go say to yourself we're going to analyze the work of a writer a blogger um in this concept of making yourself less than um so we're going to analyze two ends of a spectrum <laughs> Partly because Kara and I, we have already talked about this some in our own spiritual walks, but it's also like, I really, if, if you have not commented, like, I, I really want people to comment on this. Like, I want to see where people stand 
when it comes to this and not because there's any judgment and not because I really like innately, I don't know that I personally think one way of thinking is, is like better than the other or like more right or more wrong. Like that's not really what these conversations are about today. Uh, what would you offer as we frame up uh, before we, before we actually go into the petty parlor, what would you frame up about our conversation today? Cause it all, both of them kind of fit together. Um, I, I say I have a heavier opinion on one over the other. Oh, but okay. My bad. Well, actually, no, I, I wouldn't. I say, I would say my philosophy is probably somewhat of a combination of the two. But we'll have to, we'll have to delve into that a little bit more once we see right. the first. Right, right, right. Well, I'm getting my music kicked, uh, kicked up, queued up. Um, and as we enter again, thank you all. Wow. We've already gotten a lot of listens on our episode we released on Saturday. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to our podcast audience and our devoted subscribers. We love you. All right. So you all know. When we enter the petty parlor, Kara is pulling out her super quality gold chandelier. And when we go into, oh, my bad. When we go into the petty parlor, we get to be petty and we get to talk about things that, or, or products or situations that we just think there's a petty element to them. Um, and we see, we see it fit to really dive in and unpack the pettiness of the situation or uh, events surrounding the situation. So all that to say, uh, I'm gonna share my screen and let me not share my email inbox with you all. Whoopsie. <laughs> um, this is somebody that I, I am actually, I am connected to by way of common uh, colleagues. I'll put it that way. Um, so I've never personally met Miss Amanda Francis who coins herself the money queen. Although I, what I will credit to Amanda it, and Kara knows this is that she did kickstart some of my mindset work around lack mindset and um, how I examine Same. abundance. And so as much as <laughs> she, as much as I, I was challenged by some things that she says, I still am. Um, she did inspire me in a lot of ways. She does talk about, uh, wealth and abundance in a way that you don't hear often. Uh, let, let me um, narrow it to that. Uh, let me, let yeah. me say that really quick, just as a disclaimer, because I think with anybody, and I think she would say the same thing, you're going to have some content that people love. You're going to have other content. You know, obviously we have podcast okay. episodes that people didn't love. We have podcast episodes that get tons of listens because people love the, the idea, whatever. But I, specifically, I want to say, I believe that some of her teachings definitely helped me shift some mindset things when it came to wealth and abundance. I will narrow it to that yeah. as her areas of expertise. I just want to be clear on that because she talks on a, a lot of different things. Agreed. And those are the things where I'm like, that's not the key teacher that I look to for those things. 
um, nor do I necessarily agree with her approach, but I can appreciate um, how she talks about wealth and abundance. And, and she has taught me some things about wealth and abundance. Sorry, I just wanted to be clear. I don't want, I don't want people to go say, oh, she, Justine agrees with everything this person says. I think that's also important, Kara. We often, whether it's me or you or anybody as humans, we see like one post and we think, oh, well, that person must agree with everything. I have to stop myself from doing that sometimes. And that, that isn't yeah. the case. It could just be like, I really like that person because I like her fashion. Maybe you don't like yeah. what the person's saying. I don't, I don't know, but just don't well, I have, to try have to... a conversation with somebody. Don't make that assumption just because they shared a post or a thought leader that they think exactly the same way as them. Well, and to be real, like somebody might have a really deeply ingrained thought process that you really heavily disagree with or think the complete opposite of. I can think of lots of examples. Just take 2020, for example. Um, however, knowing that those ideas and beliefs don't necessarily identify the whole person. And so I have to stop myself as well, getting out of that judgmental mindset of, well, they say this, this is who they are, because that's not true, because I'm sure for every person in, in the world, there are things that are lovable and things that I, that are good and inherently right. God things in individuals. Um, and then there are things that of course are uh, not in my particular way of living. So I think if we can step back a little bit and I struggle with the same thing, kind of putting per a person in a box based on what they say or what they say they believe, which if I don't want that done to me, then I can't do that to other people either. So everybody has good inside them. And I think that we, we have to kind of remember that. So she has recently released a book, congrats, but the story the story that I believe she shared on her profile first, and it's through this news media outlet called Blast. You want it? We got it. Uh, <laughs> um, but the, the headline reads, Money Queen Amanda Francis bathes in cash on insane billboard to promote new book. Um, this came out about a week ago. It says money queen Amanda Francis is literally taking over Hollywood after stepping out to promote her new book and show off a mind-blowing new billboard of herself lounging in a bathtub filled with cash. They call her a financial empowerment guru. She was in Los Angeles to promote her newest book, Rich as F-U-C-K, and was snapped by a photographer strolling in front of the new billboard. As you can imagine, the self-made multimillionaire, self-made was decided out, maybe decked out, maybe that's a typo there, was decked out instead of decided out. Yeah, let's say that's a typo. Well, it is blast. You won it, we got it. Yeah. So, was mean, So they were blasting it really fast. <laughs> like urgent, <laughs> urgent, there's a new billboard. <laughs> it was decked out in a gold jeans. It, I've never heard of that brand. I... Okay. And Alice okay. and Olivia leather jacket, Christian Louboutin. I never say that name right. Louboutin heels. And of course, a Kim Kardashian designed Skims sheer top. She looked, as they say, 
like a million dollars. See the insane billboard. Let's see it. Last, scroll, 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 scroll. You want it? We got it. Well, there she is. Happens. They happened to catch a picture of her, Kara, walking down the barely, street where it barely, was. Barely. She's Whoever in she is. You can, you can see it in the picture. <laughs> yeah. The blurry, blurriest of the pic. Now, what I like is pretty don't move. You just put your, your Instagram out there as well as your, oh. Yeah. Maybe we just need oh, to get some billboards. Website. I guess she got a separate website for her book. Okay, so so yeah, so there's those jeans and uh, the Louboutin heels uh, and her Skims shirt. Oh, 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 insert. oh, oh, crack. No, not good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners. We were scrolling through the photos that were part of this groundbreaking news story from Blast. And uh, there was a pretty provocative photo. Uh, of of her, of, the her money of the money queen so so congrats amanda francis we we salute you on uh so this was interesting to me a self-made multimillionaire amanda's ingredients to success are unparalleled that's not true not true her background in ministry mental health counseling and business coaching provides the perfect recipe for success um yeah, so let's talk about that term. That's what stood out to me about this little ditty. And when Kara and I saw that um, on her, on your IG, Amanda, that you have the billboard and everything. Again, congrats. This is not shade in the petty parlor. I just, um, this is an ongoing conversation with Kara and I about this term because she's not the only influencer who uses that terminology, self made. Um, and then again, the painted, the painted words her her ingredients to success are unparalleled no which is just not true if you think about the number of people that have success like it's they not. have the right ingredients too it's just kind of a weird thing to say but eee. so what do you think so about that self-made i don't think anybody's self-made I think we all go through things that we are able by the grace of God to pull ourselves out of uh, with resources that were gifted, but I don't think anybody to say you're self-made. It's like saying, I'm going to go outside and make a tree. Literally. Or I'll go outside a tree or I'll nothing. go outside with no tools and no help and I'll make a, a tree into paper. Yeah. And, and I'll, to I'll, me, that's that's a very far disconnect from like what actually spirit filled life versus yeah, what actually transpires. But I understand why some people will point it back to themselves because for her and her business, she is looking to promote herself. She's looking to promote her products, which we we have talked hours over the course of the last couple of years over how do we do this in a way that's not like self-serving not bringing attention back to ourselves gets a message out that we're going through and that we're processing that we've gone through in our own lives how do we show the things that we are learning but not in a way that is like bringing attention back to ourselves as the people that um we're not like the creators of our healing. 
Like we, we, we are capable of providing a space for our healing, but we don't actually, I don't feel we have the, the divinity without calling on it, without calling on God for me, that's who I call on, um, to like self-make ourselves or do it on our own. Because if, if we did, and that were true, um, there'd be a whole lot there would be a whole lot more, I guess, success in the world. There would be less um, disparity between the haves and the have-nots. Because if that were true, if we were truly self-made, there we would all be at the same level, I guess, in my mind. Because really, thinking of it that way, like everybody has an even playing field. If we're all self-made, and it only does depend on like our actions in life, then why are there people that try and try and try and struggle and struggle and struggle and never get to beat their goals? But then there are some people who bathe in a tub of money and proclaim themselves self-made millionaires, which by the way, there are reasons to believe that that's not true as well, but I digress. Uh, we, we don't need to go into that today. Um, facial expressions but, listeners i'm just giving facial expressions you <laughs> hop over to youtube we put the link right here on the podcast the rumors about her it. her use of airbnbs uh to appear to have a very opulent lifestyle i think she has haters i think it obviously she has haters and i think anybody who has had some level of any type of success we know that there's going to be haters so I think of course. I, at least some of the things I've read over time from her handful of haters have been, have also probably, right, there's three sides to every story, like each stakeholder, if, if there's two sides, right, and then the third to me is always the actual truth, <laughs> because yeah. what is, there's the African po- proverb that is, that says something to the effect of the 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 tail the victory will always be won by the person who tells the tale is essentially the mm-hmm. the proverb of yeah. and it talk and that's more about like oppressors and being oppressed like the victory will always be belong to the oppressor if he's the one he air quotes is the one writing Telling the story, the story. um yeah. so I, I don't know. Sometimes I think in the coaching world, cause she's been in the coaching space a long time and, and it is well-established in that space as far as high level business coaching. Um, I do think that sometimes people sign on for things and I could see how even over time, when I looked at her track record of success and if she was having haters or people who just leave comments, right. You, that's a natural part of being on social media. I think that, ooh, sorry, dropping my mic. Um, didn't mean to. Um, I think that's a natural part of it is because you are going to have no matter what, like I just saw another influencer make a video the other day. And all she does is like curly and wavy hair tutorials. And she ended up making a reel about a Karen, which is a Karen that she encounters white lady, beautiful lady, beautiful hair. But a Karen that she encounters that she made a reel about her Karens in her DMs are literal people who show up in her comments or DMs and say, so what curling iron do you use to make your curls? 
no, that's not your real hair. <laughs> like literal, like there are literal people who this is all this woman lives for is to do curly hair tutorials. <laughs> and that's her haters. Like she legit has tons of haters, like for no good reason other than to just Go against what you said. Anyways, I'm saying all this to say, obviously she has haters, but I also see like to Kara's point, that type of language of self-made, I get where it's coming from. I get how, especially I see a lot of women want to use that language. I get it. Overcoming barriers, overcoming trauma, healing through all of that. It, yeah, you do get credit in that for, but for me, like, in my personal healing, I'm going to point that back to my relationship and leading from God. Yep. Like always. And my relationship with the Holy Spirit and all of those things, not in a legalistic way, not in a I'm so tiny. What 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 good can I do here on earth? Like <laughs> I have no power. Like God gives us those. Is those that a minion? Is that like a minion us, voice? Yeah. Yeah. He gives us those leadings. He gives us those promptings. And our job is to listen and go with it. Just the same as we have like medicine for healing. Like that's not saying I, I, I healed myself. Actually, you used medicine that God created like scientists. Yeah, you, or you studied like, what plants and herbs you needed to be ingesting. Yeah, and because that, that knowledge exists. It's not like. No, that's my issue with that terminology because legit number one if I can point back to following Jesus right as a master teacher which is what I do and that is who I am mm -hmm. I am going to always look at how does this point back to sharing the love and the message of Christ right, right. I'm going to ask myself that question and the reality is when I say yeah I did this on my own there is no event in, in, in anybody's entire life that you cannot point to somebody or some resource that helped you out along the way. Sorry, boo-boo. Yep. That is just yep. not, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to throw shade at Amanda Francis. I'm not saying that to throw shade at other influencers or other people who are wealthy. Um, I just think that that's a short-sighted statement. I think that people are drawn to that in some ways um, because they think, yeah, I'm self-made. But there's some danger in that because if you... What happens then when you're not enough? In well, those moments you're not enough, if you, then what? If you run businesses, you know, and what I have learned over time is I am 10 times more successful when I am aligned with and supported and surrounded and collaborating with the right partners. Um, and it doesn't matter that I'm splitting contracts with them. It doesn't matter that I'm paying them referral fees, whatever. It's worth it because your success is my success. My success is your success. Like it's that idea of when I think of the term self-made, I honestly think of the crabs in a bucket mentality. It, meaning that visual of crabs in a bucket, because crabs, if you put them onto a bucket, they're going to fight each other over who, and they're going to step on each other to mm. crawl out first oh, okay. instead of figuring out, you know, like, so that is something. Let's make a chain and I'll get out of the bucket. Right. <laughs> instead of that, there are many people in the world who have a crabs in the bucket mentality and because they're self-made, 
they are also self-centered and it comes off as such like no this is about me and i didn't collect and that's the thing like when you have referral partners out there you have affiliate partners you get my drift like though like you're then basically saying though yeah but i didn't need them i right. still i still give credit to past business partners who treated me like shit I will still give credit or, or I'll refer people to them if I think their work is solid. So take myself out of that and leave it alone. But like when you, yeah. when you're not pointing back to the sources that support you, like literally Kara, even uh, inventories I create for schools, I put on the inventories, even though my company's on there, I always include I came up with these questions based on my research and study of these key texts and these key authors, because I feel like there's two things that can happen. If you're really intrigued, I've given you recommendations for some books you can read. And number one, I've also credited where I learned about those concepts to come up with those type yeah. of questions. Not because I stole yeah. questions. There's from nothing them, new. But because there's nothing new under yes, the sun. It is how I analyzed it and, and interpreted it to yeah. come up with this and create yeah. it for you. But I'm also going to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. And a lot of times, Justine and I have talked about this a lot too. When we're creating stuff and putting stuff out, again, these are not new concepts or ideas that we talk about on our podcasts. These are not new concepts or ideas that we put out in our courses. They are a, like, a compilation of our knowledge base essentially and how we yep. interpret the world and how we live in the world and move about so it's us putting our spin um on concepts that are as old as the sun like well and how we're growing they've been like, around they're not we didn't come up with them and how we how we see them and how we're growing in our own lives and that does help other people to gain perspective in a different way than they right. might have if they just sat down and read a book, a text, for example. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, it's like what you said earlier about okay. the, the lunar garden text that w it, the hard version is going to be coming out. Right. Um, but it's the same thing. We are create, we create things that we wish existed in the ways that we would want them to exist. And so when you're a creative, right. you want to go create that for yourself. We wanted to have a container when we first started our company together, we set out with an idea for a course, but it ended up being way more personal and much more growth development for just Kara and I, we didn't, we didn't, I mean, to be fair, we still don't like really care if people sign up for that course, because we look back at it with fondness and we're like, this was incredible for us. We stand by the value of it. And if people are interested or they have time to commit to it, um, I, we know that that's a barrier for many of you listening. Like sometimes it's like, Oh, I, I don't have time for a course. So we get that. Like, and that's why we're going to continue to grow and evolve the different free resources we put out. Um, but it's also why we ask for your support in other ways, like through this podcast and just by subscribing and doing simple free things like that. Um, okay. So it sounds like we're both a little bit. Let's leave like, the petty parlor. Let's leave it. Yeah. I think we both feel like self-made. That term is petty. And it's a little yeah. bit, um, it's a little short-sighted is what I would say. Yeah, huh. That's fair. Huh. Let's leave. <laughs> huh. Let's leave the parlor. <laughs> so, okay. We're going to, we're going to transition into go sage yourself. So we're going to do a bit of a 
a pendulum, a pendulum, no, 180, <laughs> a pendulum swing, if you will, to the other side of the spectrum with this concept about I, how, I said 360 and that 180. <laughs> so we're going to land back on the same. <laughs> um, I say that a lot too. And then I'm like, wait, no, then we'd just be back where we started, <laughs> not do a 360. Uh, I, I want to be sensitive to well, we'll come back to it, but the heart of this episode and what we're going to tie in as we go into Go Sage Yourself is really, um, we really want to get, we'll, we'll end with a couple questions for you all to examine yourselves, because I think that's the easiest way to sum up how we're talking through this concept of like where we fall. We're just modeling for you all, like how we typically ask ourselves questions to determine well, what is my belief about wealth? What is my belief about being self-made? Or is how harming I'm myself or other people? Right. How how yeah. should I see myself? I think that's that's what we're getting at here. Like, how do I see myself with this type of concept? And part of it is because, quite frankly, like, I think many of us, I don't think we grow up being asked those questions. Or being encouraged to ask ourselves those questions. I don't think, I don't think that many of us, at least in our generation, I, I don't think that that was just a, a part of upbringing. I think it was a part of our upbringing as far as this next part that you're going to see the diminishing. Oh, well, yes. Part. Yeah. But other than that, no, I don't think. Well, and if this is your first time listening, first of all, welcome all faith walks. Welcome. Um, we're, we're glad that you're here. We're glad you're listening. Kara and I have this lean. We definitely both follow the teachings of Christ um, and consider ourselves Christ followers um, and believers in all things divine, including how God created the sun, moon, planet, stars, how that impacts our lives, all the things, right? How we treat nature. Um, but we also know that even if you're agnostic or atheist or Buddhist or Muslim or however you identify, um, we, we want you to feel comfortable hanging out here, but just know our context. We were raised in a very fundamentalist than evangelical, uh, type setting. So often some of the things we're deconstructing will go back to the Bible or we will utilize the Bible or other holy texts to support what we're talking about and what we're studying and learning about within ourselves. Um, so with, with, with that being said, we are going to transition to go sage yourself. And today we have somebody that Kara and I are not super familiar with. We, she is a blogger. And we chose her on the basis of her, the topic of her blog, um, trying to multitask and also get my sage ready. Let's go back over here and go to buy Amanda. Hit her, her, um, blog is called mm. more of him helping challenge believers to draw closer to the Lord. Um, again, we're not super familiar with her. Her name is Rebecca. No, Rhonda. Rhonda Powell. There she is. She looks super sweet. Um, mm -hmm. 
She's wife of a youth pastor, mother of three beautiful children, lives in Texas. She's a lover and follower, first and foremost, of Jesus Christ. She's passionate about encouraging others to strive to live in a way that there is less of us and more of him in our everyday lives, a task that is not easy for anyone but worth it. So Rhonda, as we start to consider Go Sage Yourself, I do not like the fact that she said a task that is not easy for anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't see drawing closer to Jesus as a task. Mm -hmm. Sorry, just my initial reactions, Kara. Haven't really looked at this in depthly. So what caught our attention though, to go to this blog um, was this, this little homemade thing that she has, which is super cute um, as far as the design of it, but it says more him, less me. So go ahead and start with your initial reaction, sister, because I also have to light the sage. I do have a beautiful candle, y'all, from uh, Bath and Body Works. Hey, Bath and Body. You can sponsor us if so you this, want. Um, but it's a chamomile. I, chamomile have one, I have one going too. Chamomile bergamot? What one do you have? No, mahogany teak wood. Ooh, I oh, got, no, I just I put I it out. that one for Thaddeus. But I'm using this um, to light the sage. Sorry, go on. I'm sorry, sister. I am all it's okay right now. Um, so this conversation um, actually was sparked earlier this week for me personally. I had an in-depth conversation with someone who had made a similar type of assertion. Um, and I just, it was somebody that I'm close to. And so I, I reached out and privately and I've learned my lesson about interacting in the comment section on social media. Um, so I re I reached out privately. Your lesson? Just, wait, 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 wait. Well, whoa. it's oh. not really worth my energy is what my lesson is because I, there's, you people, can't people get somebody, be even if you're just presenting a different point of view, it comes across as like, you're trying to convert me either way, could, either, either way the cookie crumbles, it looks like I'm trying to convert you to my way of thinking you're trying to convert me. And a lot of times it just ends in like both parties being frustrated with each other. And yeah, I did that a lot during the pandemic, sorry, but I did and it's the truth of the matter. And I probably invested way too much wishful thinking, uh, trying, not because I wanted people to think just like me, but more because I'm like, some of this stuff is really hurtful to me and it so must be hurtful to other people. So I need to say something or else like maybe they don't know that I know this person. I know they have a good heart. Maybe they don't understand that they're they're being hurtful or triggering to other people by putting this out because they're I, so. I think many, but it doesn't yeah. work. To be fair, I think many people can, that can resonate with many people, especially in 2020 um, and to Kara's credit. I think that is how most people approach social media. They, something might trigger them for no apparent reason and they can hide behind the comments and be reactive. And, um, you know, that is definitely not the same as sitting down and having a conversation with someone. Um, Certainly not, not, but not. I also, I do take my social media seriously. So when I'm investing energy and in posting that's just how I treat my life in general, anything I'm doing in my life. So I'm not going to just flippantly put something out there. I'm going to give it thought. 
I'm going to try to my best to think about how it might make different points of view feel um, and try my best not to be offensive in some way. So I would want, I do and appreciate feedback from people because people have said like, this makes me feel this way when you say this or whatever. I appreciate that feedback because I want, I don't want to hurt people and I don't want my point of view to hurt other people. Like if your point of view is hurtful to other people, you just have to, you have to swallow that and um, kind of reevaluate how you're sharing the tone that you're sharing. It's helped me, Um, but most people are not open to that feedback in the same way is what I'm discovering. So anyhow, all that to say, I got into a very long conversation. It was not heated whatsoever. It was actually very beneficial, I think, to both of us. Um, Okay. But it was the essentially the idea of diminish like more of him like you have for him to increase or god to increase you have to decrease which i essentially within the crux of the conversation my whole point was like like, this is very toxic and limiting because god like i see god as this huge entity that i can't even begin to wrap my mind around or we meant to or created to like he, we were meant to worship and understand and live in the presence of God as much as possible. But as far as like making a statement like that, it makes it sound like we ourselves within ourselves have the power to make God increase by what we do or say, or what we don't do or say. And like anything that we, our relationship with him, and this is a very toxic thing, especially in evangelical Christianity within the United States, is this idea that we have to be a certain way to be loved and accepted. And when you're not that way, you are othered, you are marginalized, you are told you're a sinner, you need to um, repent, all those things if you don't fall specifically in line with certain things. And so that whole ideology and theology and the harm it does in this instance is just really minimizing God, in my opinion, because like if little me that has like not a whole lot of power here on earth at all, like if I'm capable of doing something, screwing up and making God mad, or like I'm capable of doing such great things that it makes God love me more, like that's not what God says. That's not what Jesus said about grace and salvation and love. Like it, it's unconditional love for a reason because it's uncommon. It's something we're, we're as human, incapable, incapable of fathoming. And so when you start like putting a value with the things that you do to the amount of love that you receive or don't receive or the amount mm-hmm. of grace that you do receive or don't receive, right. that to me is more focused on self than saying, I don't know. God is amazing. I love God. I have a very close relationship with spirit. I live, I try as much as in my human brokenness to live in, in continuity with spirit in every day of my life. Like, and I'm in like, I'm a fallible person. He is infallible and will carry me in the areas that I need it to, but nothing I do say, don't do or say the thing, the times I mess up this makes it sound like I'm not loved then if I if I do this I'm going to be punished or I, I'm going to be loved less it's like I have power of some kind in that way and I just don't 
period. Right. Um, right. So anyhow. Well, it all becomes very performative then, which is actually what she goes on to talk about. I have a question I want to come back to, and I don't want to, I don't want to stay on her actual blog too much. Um, she says, for listeners, you see as a follower of Christ, it's not about us. It's not about my rights, my wants, my dreams, my accomplishments. We are to lay all of those things down, which has been hard for me. Not every one of you is like me. However, let's face it, we are all selfish in our own way and right. Even many that appear selfless at times do it to receive praise, aka self. When something goes well, it's easy to want to take all the credit to want to be noticed. So then she talks a bit about why John, why she thinks John the Baptist is such an amazing person of history. Um, so she says, I think it's interesting in the scripture passage above that John likens himself to what I consider the best man at a wedding. Um, now, before I was married, I hated weddings, if I am to be honest. Why? Because I wanted what they had. Again, there is that selfishness rearing its ugly head. I wasn't always truly happy for my friends. I acted like I was, yet deep down, I cannot say I jumped for joy because I was still waiting for who God had for me. Yet here is John. And the thing is, you weren't waiting, Rhonda. Like you said yes to some man to go on a date. You you also co-pursued that person at some point. You didn't just sit there and God dropped him out passive and die. And that, that's the very essence of like why this is hard, I think, for people to understand, especially when evangelicals or Christians talk about God in this way. Um, she says, you see, John got just it. Read the John, John got the true purpose. Just life. get closer to the word. Yeah. It wasn't fame, fortune, power, a following, financial security, pleasure, entertainment, his wants or desires, or even his happiness that he was to live for. His sole purpose for living was to pave the way for others to come to Jesus. Everything he did was to point to Jesus, not to John. He understood that all he had been given, all he had accomplished had come from God, and it was not his bride to possess. He was attending a wedding in which he was not the guy who got the girl, in a sense, and he was joyful in that. I want to be like John. I want to be able to say less of me and more of you, Jesus. The thing is, okay, there's a couple things I do find problematic with this type of theology. Um, not because you're not a beautiful, loving woman, Rhonda, who obviously proclaims to love Jesus Christ and be a follower. So again, just like we disclaimer with Amanda Francis, this is not bashing. This is like analyzing because it helps Kara and I establish and ask ourselves questions about well, how do we see ourselves and how do we see our relationship and that understanding between the text of the Bible and Jesus's teachings? Jesus is <laughs> higher priority to me, the red letter Not John. than John. Okay. Jesus. So that's the other yeah. thing. The bigger question I had, and this is kind of, we'll come back around to it, listeners and viewers of if we're going to pass our stage to Miss Rhonda, um, but I'm going to stop sharing momentarily. The question I want to entertain and ask, because I think when people hear these terms like faith deconstruction or, oh, that's not how you deconstruct your faith. Now you see people saying the right and wrong ways to deconstruct faith, the right and wrong ways to have a relationship with Christ, like all those things. The million dollar question I want to put out there for us to discuss is quite frankly, one that maybe people who don't identify as Christians often have. But even myself who grew up in the Christian tradition, and I 
still follow the teachings of Christ. I love te- I, I love Christ. I think that he's the master teacher. Um, that example, not that there weren't other great teachers, but I do think he's the divine master teacher um, of our time. So, and, and, and as laid out by portions of his teachings in the Bible. So when people say Which is him, why we have freedom and salvation through his teachings. Yeah. And like, I'm going to come back. Well, I want to also say too, if you're getting triggered as you listen, I'm going to actually come back and and quote and cite biblical scripture that points to where Kara and I might both go with this, but also, which is important context to understanding the rest of John 330, which is where this verse is coming from that she's quoting. So there's a lot more, obviously more verses and more to that chapter in John three. Um, where Jesus was speaking, not Mm -hmm. John. And it came before what John said in verse 30. So I'll come back to it. But Mm -hmm. my, my thought is this question. (laughs) I always tossing around this question. When people say more of him, less of me, or he must increase, I must decrease, or draw closer to the Lord. Are people talking about Jesus Christ and his teachings? Or are they talking about Almighty God the Father? I think in this situation, she's probably talking about both because we know the whole the Trinity, the whole Trinity doctrine. Do you want to? Do you want to? Not every Christian. Do you want to explain that? (laughs) Yeah, I can try. I mean, honestly, this is part of my deconstruction as well because it never has made a whole lot of sense. Um, Like there are very old versions of Christianity like Catholicism and um, I think Lutheran Greek Orthodox have like a trinity necessarily I don't really know for sure Um, but the trinity is just father son holy spirit the idea that God the father is sitting on a throne in heaven and then he sent Jesus to be born of a virgin on earth um, and Jesus died on the cross and rose again and then ascended back to heaven only to come back down and then present himself to um, a few people that have just like have this historically recorded um, but then ascends back into heaven yet again and then Holy Spirit is what we embody as believers in the Christ, um, this whole Christ consciousness type of idea to where if you're a believer or born again or whatever, and I'm saying this because this is like, this is like what we grew up with, right? Right. Um, the Holy Spirit is what, like the Holy Ghost is like what lives on your shoulder and leads you and guides you and what you have inside of you so father son holy spirit are all god is how but they're different ways or iterations of how god presents here on earth so my question has always been even from a young age right so like other people around the world talk about the same type of concept we're just calling it this in christianity but like Jesus also never walked around saying he was God when he was here and that this is going to be how he 
uh, dies and this is going to be how he, said he was the messiah or that he said he was the messiah but he didn't he didn't go into much detail on like like what the what the general population needed to know about how to get to heaven like he didn't go into those details when he was walking around in his ministry he was talking about love and kind of overturning the dialogue uh, about the conventional Jewish belief in the day. He was arguing with the rabbis. He was arguing with the Pharisees. Like he was turning things over from a way that they had not previously heard about God. And so um, he was literally so flipping over of, tables. Yeah. Yeah. And scattering money everywhere for the tax, the, from the tax collectors. He was a disruptor, and but the way that evangelical Christianity talks about Jesus, um, like I don't pray to Jesus, I pray to God, <laughs> um, which one way or the other doesn't really matter to your personal faith. However, um, to me, it's always been weird to think about because I've always compartmentalized God into like God Jesus, Holy Spirit, but they're all one. And it's it's a concept that's fairly impossible to even explain, describe. Um, and so when we're talking about minimizing ourselves in relation to this huge concept that we can't, none of us really truly understand. There are theologians that study this for years and years and years and don't have a good grasp on what it actually is because it's God. We don't know. Is is right? what you're is we what have. you're saying is what you're saying that it's just as ridiculous to think that we need to go around making ourselves less than when it's evident we already are clearly less than than God. <laughs> yeah, that's realm. exactly what I'm it's saying. It's just as ridiculous exactly to say you're self-made. <laughs> like like they're both ridiculous why like they're not true why would you ever and also to proclaim i must decrease well i get it john but it also shows the humanness of john as compared to the realm of divine teachings of jesus because of if, Jesus, yes. If we go back into the rest of chapter three, let me do a little quick teaching, not preaching, but let me do a quick teaching from my from my trusty uh, study Bible here. It is the NIV version, in case you're curious, listeners. I know. I'm sure we're gonna have so many comments asking, like, like what version did you read that scripture from, Justine? <laughs> um maybe though maybe i'm being maybe can, i'm being we can get into the that we can get into the text a whole other day but they're let's just say like king james created the first bible so king james was a bad dude if you look at history and what he yeah. did to people so you got to be a little bit like careful it's just like i wouldn't go out and buy a book from an author that um claimed to be a satan worshiper um that's like, like saying I, it's kind of as the, the, the curious thing to me, if you look at the behaviors and actions of King James, who obviously wanted his, he, he was so elevating himself, not decreasing himself. <laughs> like he was not decreasing who he was. He was being so like self-made that he's like, yeah, we need a translation that has my name on it for all of history. For my, We life. actually need to go to Africa and get the 
the original scrolls, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to take them as our own. And then we need to translate them in a way that is palatable to the Church of England. And um, also justifies the political gain. Yeah, it justifies how I want to use and abuse and oppress people as well. So I can weaponize it for my own gain. So, so 1611, if you want to look it up. Yeah. Sorry. 1611, I have this version of the Bible, but it includes the Apocrypha, which is left out of the Bible as we know it, the NIV version, etc. Since the 1940s or 1950s, they started taking that out. If you're ever interested. Yeah. In a, a so from six, so about 350 year period uh, span of time, we had a Bible that included a bunch of books that are no longer there. Um, so that's all interesting. And you, and you do need to look into these things because if you just take the Bible as we have it, it's face value. I know there's things like the message out there. We had a version of the message Bible growing up and it was a, far cry from anything that was in the NIV or King James version. So just adding, be conscientious of the fact of that, yeah. So 1611, look it up. Uh, you can buy it for yourself. It's out there, but let's look at that. 1611 years, 1611 years um, after the birth of Jesus is finally when we were able to compi compile this group of um, scripture. And so my question to many of like my family and close friends who have tried to convince me otherwise during this time of deconstruction is, so what about the people who were like back in the day and like location wise, they like, they heard the message of Jesus, but wasn't like, after he died on the cross, they like heard Jesus while he was around, but after he died on the cross, like they didn't get the message. They didn't get the memo before they died. So for 1,611 years, you have this new church that has developed uh, and, and there's nobody going to heaven during that time. Like that's what the evangelical church would say. Yeah. If they wouldn't say that, but you never asked the question. Right. So I'll ask your pastors that question next time you, you have a chance. I, it would be an interesting uh, little Well, that I think that's the, that's the reality check we need to ask ourselves. Not, and that's because, and that's why we have, if you want to go look at one of our play, playlists, it's called Losing My Religion. And it's a, a seven-part mini-series that Kara and I did, specifically digging into some very unknown um, women leaders in the Bible and just people that we never, never really grew up learning about. <clears throat> and it shows you pieces of kind of what we're talking about in a more in-depth way, but also in a very, like we were just exploring. Um, and maybe if you're not real familiar with the Bible, it will introduce you to some people who you don't hear about very often, but were a huge part of history. Um, and in advocating for liberating all people and helping all people. So I think that oh, sorry, back to scripture. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 that I thought that that's really good. Because honestly, what you're saying is, that is no different than saying, yes, I want to read an account of World War Two, but I want it to be interpreted and written by Adolf Hitler. Hmm. 
How is that any, that, I mean, that it's, is it's, apt. Yeah. it's not any different. And so I think you have to be realistic to Kara's point. It does matter. I know I kind of brush that off funnily, like, because I don't know if most people will be geeky and like, well, what version of the Bible did you use? But it is a very, very important thing. And that's a really great point because we would be remiss if we weren't telling the whole truth of like how we're, why we're even talking the way we are right now. It's because we started asking, well, okay, what version did you read that from? Did you read the whole context? Did you look at the Greek translation? Um, have you looked at multiple sources for, I have sitting on my shelf now, like a full analysis of Paul's letters and John the Baptist letters. Like these are things that over the years, these are things that Kara and I are personally really interested in. Um, the reason how can't we imagine, have- I will just say this too. I can't imagine claiming Christ and claiming to want to live my life like Jesus did as much as fleshly possible. I know that I'm not God and I'm not Jesus, but I can't say that I'm pursuing daily wanting to sit and be at the feet of Jesus and learn from every circumstance and situation and person and how to love people better, unless I am looking at all types of sources and really studying who is, what is the character of God? And what does it mean to be made in the image and behave and have actions in the image of God? Because the, the teachings of Jesus will point me back to that. Um, so so I just wanted that you'll actually, the falsehood that evangelical Christian, uh, Christians in the United States, anyhow, um, often will say is, well, Justine, if you had faith, then you wouldn't need to ask all those questions because this is just how it is. And so my retort to that would just be, you know what? You don't accept anything else in your life for face value. Like you believe this way and so firmly because you've been indoctrinated with it since you were little for most people. Especially, are, well, right. not for mo- I shouldn't say for most people, for a lot of people, you've been indoctrinated to believe that if your faith is worth anything to God, that you will believe X, Y, Z, and that's it. And to ask any questions outside of that is ridiculous, which is not true. Um, I think for Justine and I, our faith has grown deeper because of asking these questions and and really depending on Holy Spirit to yeah. kind of guide us through the studying of that and the resources that are available. That's why also you won't find evangelical pastors very often who have a solid theology background. Uh, have master's and doctoral um, degrees in theology and have attended seminary that's worth its salt. You'll find a lot of evangelical pastors that are one-offs, that are broken parts away from churches that have some sort of accountability and have broken off into churches that don't have accountability, aren't part of any kind of denominational um, overhead, uh, that have any kind of say in what they're teaching in their churches. So you have a lot of these little one-off churches throughout the United States. They're on every corner. There's at least 20 in every town of people who got fed up with whatever's going on, such and such Baptist church over here, such and such uh, Pentecostal church over here. And they decide that, oh, such and such a guy is a really good leader. He seems really smart. Let's start meeting at a home somewhere. And we'll just, like, this is how this group of people thinks about this set of scriptures. And we think this is foundational to our faith. So we're just gonna go with it. 
And so look at the credentials of your pastors. Do they actually have an education in theology? Have they actually studied the Greek and Hebrew translation of the Bible? Because I can guarantee you this conversation is not a hard one to have for people who have those studies, have they, who have those degrees have in they, their background. The, the other two things I would say that are just as important as, I mean, credentials show that you have at least had efforts to try to see a, other perspectives and learn from other perspectives. Um, I would wonder, have they traveled outside of their, their state and country consistently? Um, and number one, above all those things, are they approachable to you? Are you, are you able to be like, or are they this untouchable, like you don't have access to them ever? You're not allowed to ask questions. Or, or any of the pastoral staff, if it's a bigger church, any of the deacons, pastoral staff, and I think that's the other hierarchy, right? Like if we want to, this is what, what is on my heart to say, if we want to understand how people say, how did we get here specifically in the United States and specifically internationally with race relations, I'm going to pull on one big issue. People want to say, how did we get here? How did we get here? The answers lie in the Bible, in the different interpretations of the Bible and how it was weaponized. Okay. People say, well, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Those answers also lie in the Bible. I'm saying that because this is a tale as old as time of people depending more on the words of man who must decrease men like John, men like Paul, and their teachings and their letters being placed a premium on in followership, in quotes, in, in what I'm sharing and putting out in the world by, by followers of Christ. I'm using air quotes, listeners, followers of Christ, those who claim Christ or who attend Christian churches, but not, not then going and saying, but what did Jesus teach about this? Right. If I must decrease, absolutely, I want to know what the divine teacher said. And so if you look in, if you look in the context of chapter three, right? So her whole blog is on the basis of John three. 3.30 in particular, that specific post that Rhonda had up, um, which again, very common sentiment. We're not bashing her. We're not bashing what you posted. We're not bashing the Bible or evangelicals or Christians. Um, we're simply asking questions that Kara and I would normally bashing, have a conversation bashing, about. No, dis discrediting, discrediting somewhat and, um, saying, look deeper, look further, only you know what's going on in your church body. That's it. So, Don't take things at face value. That's, that, that's going to be harmful for you in the long run. Yeah. In this part of the text, again, I'm using the NIV version, um, but in this part of the text, uh, Nicodemus, uh, when chapter three starts, and actually the majority of chapter three in John um, is about the encounter between Nicodemus and Jesus and Nicodemus visited Jesus at night. Um, and he was a Pharisee, but at the time Nicodemus was also a religious leader and one of the few religious leaders who was a Pharisee, but also believed in Jesus. So he already was kind of dabbling in understanding. Um, he was, and, and he was attracted to Jesus by Jesus's character and his miracles um, and he would later end up joining Joseph in Arimathea, 
to bury Jesus. Um, so, okay. That's interesting to me that in these footnotes, it describes that because I just thought of that, Kara. Wait, you only ever hear about how he rose from the dead after three days in the tomb? Well, where was Jesus then buried? Where is this uh, Aramathia place? Where's the tomb? Where is he actually I think, buried? I don't know. I assume like he helped, somewhere... he helped Joseph bury him. true let's look into it we'll have to look at okay so again we're modeling for you all literally this is like when i would do a think aloud with uh picture books when i was a teacher <laughs> this is what i'm thinking the author meant what do you think that <laughs> okay so and it's okay to think that way it is okay to think and have those yeah, questions you should like everything else in life we do but suddenly we get the bible in our hand and we're like well this is what the pastor said let's, so let's I must be real it. but let's everything real. else in our life we don't Let's be real when it comes to money and you're going to make a big purchase and you're going to make a big purchase, Kara, do, do you want me to say to you when you go, ah, well, I looked at the reviews and I'm not sure. Well, I looked at what this person said and I'm not sure. Well, I looked at the safety guidelines. You're going to look at every single source you can find as a consumer. And then what if I come back and I go, ah, Kara, just trust the dealership. Have a little faith, girl. This is about your salvation. This is about your salvation. This is about your relationship with God. So the like, most important thing, seriously. literally your life depends on it. You must be willing to literally. ask the question. But you ask, we ask more questions as consumers, even for small purchases about on our damn car. cars that we want. Yes. No, I thought what you... I thought where you're going with that is that when there's money involved, there's certainly a, a dishonesty involved in some capacity. When you're talking about corporate structure, and I include religion in that, I include I was talking in the about trust. I was talking about trust. I and thought that's where you were going to go with that. I was, at, I was talking about yeah. trust, asking questions, questioning in general. People will question the shit out of a simple like $10 product on Amazon. They will go back and forth in the comments. They will read all the reviews and then still decide, eh, it's not worth it for me to spend $10. So you spent literally one or two hours researching that and you all know, we all do it because it's available. You go on Google, you look up a restaurant. You look at the star reviews. You look at the menu. You oh, look I know what I know what you're saying. No, you research what I think more too. and ask more questions about stupid shit than what your eternal life depends on. And in that case, you opt out of doing the hard work and you say, "Well, just have faith." Yes, yeah. but faith without Easier action said than done. is dead. Faith without action yeah. and works is dead. So the works, so that that yeah. that's asking questions to start off. Sorry, now I'm all fired up. That's okay. good. So Nicodemus, right, gave you a little context. He goes to visit Jesus in the middle of the night. And I'm going to read directly from the passage in John 3. And it says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council and he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the miraculous signs 
you are doing if God were not with him? In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Spirit is capitalized. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. And Nicodemus says, how can this be? Jesus responds, you are Israel's teacher and you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to mm. you earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And that's where the famous verse that many of you might know, John 3, 16, that's where I'm at in the text. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. And I believe Jesus is talking about himself when he's saying this. Himself. Yeah. But men love to Again, he doesn't call himself God. And when he de he's departing, right? And the last supper, he talks about he will be sending a helper, the Holy Spirit. He's leaving, but it's mm -hmm. okay. He'll be yep. sending a helper. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So this whole concept of so what I heard increasing yourself or making yourself small and not sharing about yourself totally contradicts the whole first part of chapter three, the context and what Jesus taught, not John the Baptist. John was, I think, writing about absolutely struggles to be humble and always lift Jesus up because Jesus was a getting projection. all the shine. Just yeah. like that blog, just like that blog is a projection of her own. Right. She says herself, right. I struggle with these things. I struggle with competition. I struggle with wanting to yep. be happy for other people when I'm jealous of what they yep. have. And I, I just don't have it. That is a projection of yourself, honey. And that's that why she's identified Rhonda. What <laughs> Rhonda, that is why, help me, Rhonda. Rhonda, that is why you identify <laughs> and you said, you love John the Baptist because your takeaway from John three in your blog was not about loving Jesus, even though you pointed back to Jesus, right? To be fair, but you talked a lot about how much you respect and love John the Baptist's teachings because you identified with it. There's nothing wrong with that. But then when we go out spreading that or sharing 
oh, well, we have to make ourselves small and it's not about us. We, I think we're totally missing the picture. Just like when, just as short as when, I think it is to say you're self-made. I, I think they're both ridiculous. When, when you say, when you say you have to make yourself small, you're minimizing God's work in your life. Because if I make myself small, nobody's going to see a reflection of God out of that. If I make myself small, I'm essentially shaming who God made me to be. And as such, I have no boldness to go out and share what God's teaching me in my life. I have no boldness with which to speak into the lives of other people because I need to make myself small and diminish. And, oh, how could, how could anybody as sinful as me have anything important to say? Or, you know what? How do I, how do I say this great thing that God's told me about without making it about myself? So I'm just going to keep it, I'm going to keep it close to here. Um, That doesn't help. That's not, no, we are pieces. We are pieces and parts. God created us in his image. Okay. So if you're saying I need to minimize myself, you're telling me I need to minimize God inside of me as well. That is not like, that is so far removed. It takes a lot more human effort and uh, disconnection with Holy Spirit, I believe, to minimize myself. Mm-hmm. It sure does. And what I heard you saying in that passage, what stuck out to me is he said, like, these things come and go as the wind. You can't see where they're coming from or where they're even going to. So if on our faith, we, we know this is the box my faith sits in. This is how I live a productive life. This is how I live a good life. This is how I get to heaven. We're essentially saying, here you go. This is it right yep. here. I have right it here. all figured out. Okay. This is the rhetoric. I don't know. There's Sorry. no mystery. The wind no. blowing is the mystery. Like, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where it's going. But right now I can look outside my window and those trees are waving around like crazy because it actually is windy here today. But the evidence of that, I don't, I can't see the wind. But it might be I can going in a different it. direction here in a few minutes. I can feel it. It's coming from different directions. It serves different purposes depending on what's going on in, in the atmosphere. But the fact of the matter is, if you're not operating, just as Jesus said in that passage, in faith to where you can shift and you can have shifts in what spirit is telling you to do, and you can have uh, shifts in how you think about the world and how you see things and how you're meant to be into the world. Like to me, that is the most important takeaway of that whole passage because faith should look like the wind. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know where it's going. It's there. That is the faith part of it. And we rely on God. We rely on a relationship to guide us in that way. And that does not require minimizing ourselves in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not going to sit here and say, like, yeah, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at all the great things I'm doing. But hopefully, my life is a testament to the work that God is doing within me. And me minimizing myself is never going to show anybody that. Yeah, yeah. What would you, what would you say to somebody who's listening and says, you know, I get it, but like, you know, there are, everybody has different roles 
the whole the whole biblical yeah. reference to different parts of the body and working together. And what would you say to somebody who says, you know, I've just accepted my role is to live a a simple life as a a mother and housewife. Um, and you know, I just do the best I can within my own little circle. And, and that's, that's what I feel called to do right now. What would you say to somebody who they, I would they, say they, they, they maybe don't consider themselves like a leader or like what you're saying can be really scary to people. Meaning, oh, I would actually have to tell people real things about me. But actually that's what God calls us to do with our faith. So I'm going to say, no, it's not okay that you're okay with that. Because again, we need to be available for the shifting. But, but Kara, I just want to live a simple, peaceful life. And I find the best way to do that. Let, let's bring it to the Amish, right? We still have listeners. We still have family that are Amish. We have family that are Mennonite. Kara was a practicing Mennonite for a while. We both are, we both are very knowledgeable about the culture. Um, around the Amish tradition, around conservative Mennonite traditions, et cetera. So we're going to speak to something that we also are, are familiar with. Um, this is your first time listening. Yes, we're a bit of an anomaly. Puerto Rican father, uh, a little bit of he bottle, hillbilly in there, a little bit of Amish conservative Mennonite too. Okay, so now that you know our, our lineage and history of, of disruptors in our family um, who left islands and left churches and Okay. Um, so what, what would you say then? So say that I'm an Amish wife, I'm likely going to be working in my home on my own homestead and farm. And I say, I, my, my goal is to always be peaceful and in harmony and be a great mother and tend to the land and take care of my husband. And, um, you know, uh, live a quiet, peaceful, simple life and be in the world, but not of it. I think that that's perfectly acceptable as long as that's what God, what God has for you to model to other people. But for some people, uh, it just looks like I'm looking at my neighbor and this is what they're doing. So I guess I need to do that too, to be normal. Mm. And they are minimizing themselves and what God has put them here to do. So if you are a person who has been gifted with that, meaning being in the home, raising children, and modeling that for other women around you, and you're really, really gifted at it, and you really, really feel called to it, that's one thing. There are women out there that are that way, but if you're in a culture within a church that says that's what you have to do in order to be a godly wife and mother, in order to, uh, be a person that your husband can respect in some way or another in order to have the respect of people, your peers in church. If it says that you have to be in a specific box, then that's a lie straight from the devil is what I believe about that because not, not, we're not all wired the same. I don't think it's fundamentally wrong for a woman to want to stay home and raise her family and be a housewife. For some, for some women, that is their gift and their calling, truly. Uh, their hospitality is a spiritual gift. That is part of being mm -hmm. hospitable, welcoming, taking really good care of your family and your children and welcoming guests into your home without question, offering them meals. That is a spiritual gift and not to be trifled with, right? 
I'm not minimizing that at all, but there are many women sitting there listening to this right now. They're like, yeah, I do this, but I'm actually just, this is miserable to me. I'm not I'm dying inside. Actually, <laughs> I'm dying inside because I have, and I was one of those women. I have all of these other things that God has gifted me with. I need to be using, I have one life to live right. and I only have so long to live in it. And God knows when that is. And my, like the plan that he has for my life does not look identical to anybody else's. Right. And so for me to put myself in this box of, okay, well, if I want to be a wife and mother, then that means I have to do X, Y, Z. If I want to be a proverbial godly wife and mother, then this is what this needs to look like. I need to submit. I need to uh, make sure everybody else is served before myself. I need to blah, 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 blah. There's a whole lot of toxicity there. But if you're a woman who is basing your life's decisions on, on your peers and trying to fit in and, um, and trying to be the same and not to stick out and not be a disruptor and to just kind of go with the flow and the mold, but you're dying inside, this is what, this is who we're talking to right now. That's not like you need to get with God. And despite the fact that you have no idea what your purpose may be at this point there, you know, deep inside, I knew deep inside, there's something broken, even though I'm outwardly doing all of these things that make me look like the perfect wife and mother, there's something horrendously broken in here. And you know what is because I was stagnant. I was stagnant in all the things that God had called me to do. I wasn't looking for a calling. I was looking for mm. a place to uh, rest in my faith and resting in your faith again is not flowing with the flow of the wind. No, it's actually it's more about not. there are periods of time I, you can do that. I like the term not resting in your faith, but stepping out in faith because that's, it puts mm -hmm. action behind it. And that's the thing I always go back to when people try to say, well, just have faith, just have faith. Again, you won't even have faith when it comes to selecting a restaurant or a car you're going to buy. And we know the restaurant thing. I mean, you're going to poop that out in 24 hours, but you think more about a decision. <laughs> you, you think more about it. No, it, that's the messed up thing about us as humans and why it's completely unnecessary to say, I must decrease. He must increase. It's unfathomable to me to ever think that we would think we're on some kind of level of divinity with God. Yes, we're made in God's image. Yes, we have well, access, how much we have access to divine tools and divine gifts, of course, and that can't be minimized. But it's just as ridiculous as saying you're self-made. Well, then how? And then there's the question: Well, how much should I decrease? How little do I have to? Right. Be? Then, then what? Like, is is it a competition How, then? What's the level? Right. What, like, if I'm here and I'm actually supposed to be here, is that okay? Like, is it okay to post selfies? Is it okay to post selfies? And that's where I think back to the blog to kind of close this out. Like, she's projecting again. So I will pass my sage to her because I think overall, I think her heart is trying to be in the right place. And she's processing through some things that she's dealing with. But to make a blanket statement as though everybody looks at the world in that competitive way, in the way that she does, where she wants to call attention back to herself and she wants that affirmation and that glory from the things that she's doing, that's on her. And so, yes, I think that she should, 
if she feels like she should work on diminishing that part of herself, her pride and the things that she takes as her own that should be owned up to God. Like, yes, I think which that, is that why, exists and yeah, it, it, which it, is, it can be a pitfall for all of us. Right. Which is why she said, but again, to make a blanket statement that God increases as I decrease, like that's a very harmful theology. That's a very harmful way of teaching, especially women who already minimalize and marginalize in church bodies. We do not have the voices that we should have. We do not have a platform as we should have. And we are healers. (laughs) We should have a platform in church bodies. Um, we're natural, natural. We, it takes all kinds. It takes yeah. all kinds. Yes. So, so are so, you passing your sage? Well, I was relighting it because obviously it went out after those long rabbit trails, but very necessary. <laughs> I think Rhonda, will we help Rhonda? Kara has helped Rhonda. I think for only, only the second time ever. Yeah. I will pass my sage to you, Rhonda, because I think that although your blog post is a bit short-sighted, you are showing up and being authentic about why John resonates with you and what your own struggles are. Mm-hmm. And to that, I say, brava. Um, so, you know, keep, keep working. And, um, and I will pass my sage to you, Rhonda, because I do think your heart's in the right place. And, um, and I think, you know, to be fair, both of these women that we highlighted in Patty Parlor and Go Save Yourself, I think they they both want to do right in the world um, in, in their own ways, right? I think everybody in their mind, they have reasons for why they go after what they go after and why they say the things that they do. Um, and, and that's not the same for everybody. And that's okay. Um, I think one last thing I kind of wanted to leave us with because we're talking about, I think that's the biggest question probably that you and I get no matter what spaces we're in or, um, but specifically when it comes to like personal growth work, because Kara knows and you all listeners, many of you know, I do a lot of work in the DEI space. Kara does a lot of professional learning and training and has done that for years as well. Um, and has a rich background as far as cultural experiences. So it's a passion area for both of us, but um, when we talk about personal growth or personal development, because so many people do voice, like, I would really love to take this course or do that work, and not just our stuff, just in general, Um, but I think overall, especially like in our respective sectors, we've served in majority of our careers, which would be nursing for Kara and education for me, um, public education, the... The conundrum does become the real, the reality of you sometimes can't even fathom like, well, yeah, it would be nice to sign up and do a course, but I just don't even have time or energy to do that. And so one of the takeaways we want to give you all today outside of the freebie we mentioned earlier, if that resonates with you, is really just a tangible for questions. These are two questions I'm currently asking myself, and I've been studying a bit, diving back into um Mary and Martha, the two, the two famous, uh, mm. sis- they're sisters, right? No. Are they just friends? Yeah. 
Yes, they're sisters. They're sisters. Sisters. Um, but I've been diving back into Mary and Martha because I think those are maybe, again, common terms if you study the Bible or they were common people that were taught about. And the interesting thing too, like I think back to when you're taught about don't be a Martha or those type of things. Are you a Mary or a Martha? Those type of teachings, even that, like the women who often get taught about and highlighted in the Bible, there's still somewhat of almost like a negative connotation. Like, oh, well, she was being a total B or she was just being a busybody. She's like, only worthy. She's only worthy for as much as she could serve other people. Right. So um, it's just, that's also curious to me because I definitely remember learning about Mary and Martha in Sunday school, but like, I don't remember learning about Deborah or Priscilla or those women that we highlighted in the Losing My Religion series. The disruptors. Yeah. So yeah. the thing I went back and read was in Luke and then I'll, I'll close out and we, we can post them in the, the caption of this podcast too. So you all have them because they're just two questions. And again, I'm sharing what I'm working on and what I'm asking myself. This is not like, we're, we're not telling you, you need to go sign up for a course. You need to leave your church. You need to go to a church. These are just personal growth questions because I study a lot of how Jesus taught and how Jesus lived his life. Um, so in Luke 10, 38 through 42, this is the New Living Translation. Um, it says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. So she literally tries to tell Jesus what to do when he's a guest in her home and like this acclaimed teacher and a divine man. Okay. Okay, Martha. Okay, Martha. But he was, to them, he was also just a carpenter and a disruptor to some people that's how they for us him, now right? and yeah but that's right yeah he was a normal so, dude tell her to come help me <laughs> so i can't imagine can you imagine having but can you like can you imagine going to a man that's a guest in your house and saying like tell tell justine to come help me no no i think i like you would ask me if you need help but like i can't imagine that attitude, but it's like, she was in such disdain for the fact that Mary was simply being with Jesus and just absorbing what he was teaching. So she goes on, to, they, they go on in, in the text and it says, um, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. I don't think Martha liked that, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but the two questions then that get to the finale here, we know this has been a long episode. Uh, I just realized when I looked at the clock, <laughs> like, oh, oh, ooh, I think this is a two hour one. Um, the two questions that I'm asking myself every day, as I was going back and reflecting on that part of the Bible the other day in Luke is 
am I anxiously sitting at the foot of Jesus every day for as many moments of the day as humanly possible? And the second question, do I encounter every person and situation in my life as an invitation to also sit at the feet of Jesus and listen and learn? Mm -hmm. Love it. Those are my two questions that I've been asking myself lately, um, because again, I think that those those are the types of things that we ask each other. And those are the types of things we ask ourselves. And we're just sharing that openly because I don't think like, I don't want us to have secrets with our audience and with our listeners and what you see is what you get. I think that with, when you see influencers such as Amanda Francis um, and knowing what it takes to start a business and knowing like we both researched her backstory and things, and there's obviously some, some hardships she overcame, but again, like, let's, let's not also forget that all of us have resources, people, situations, and ultimately God who has helped us become and continue to become and evolve into who, who we are on this earth. And I would count it a, a bad thing if somebody encountered me, even after a couple years of meeting me and said, you're still exactly the same. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't think that that's good. Unless, well, I did I did run into a high school classmate like last year, and he was like, "You look exactly the same as you did in high school." <laughs> that was the best compliment. I think I think there's something to be said for the the steady people in life. Like, um, there does there do need to be those like grounding um, foundational people that like, I will, I don't think I will ever be one of those people. Um, but I do know for my relationship, like in my marriage, for example, my husband seems to be more steady and even than I am. And that balances me. Um, but I mean, of course we have our issues just like every couple does. But I do think there need to be those, they're like, they're almost like stages in how steady they are. I'm not saying my husband in this example necessarily, but I'm just saying like there are certain like sage people or wise people that just are on the earth walking around. Um, it's like Moji. That I think God places here. Yeah, I think God places here to be like, I don't know, like they're like divine. It's almost like divine keepers. It's almost like divine keepers of like sacred practices or it is like a sage, like a sage or an oracle. And those, I mean, those are legit spiritual gifts, but I think in the Western world, specifically Americanized Christianity and Christian nationalists, Christian evangelicals, et cetera. Even though you have prophets, you won't call them yeah these other things or identify them as such a lot of non a lot of non-denom more like heavily evangelical churches in the U.S. at least that I've attended that unless the pastor happens to have a very like my pastor in Indy from my home church he had a very well-traveled well-rounded background started his career in business had an incredible like awakening to God type story um 
but he had also seen so much of the world and experienced it in a lot of ways that he was very charismatic and very open-minded to having people who would prophesy to having, but that Mm -hmm. is one of the rarest churches in the evangelical tradition I've ever found. And I've been to a lot of churches over the years um, where those type of giftings, quote unquote, that seem more like, Ooh, that's weird. Or, Ooh, that's woo woo. That, that isn't typically embraced in Western Christianity. Um, It is typically thought of or affiliated with African and, uh, Caribbean yeah. traditions as like voodoo yeah. or witchcraft. Um, and, and that, that stuff just, is not all the same. It's not all the same. <laughs> but also if you have, if you have a relationship with God and right. a God that like so powerful, like how, how do you disconnect then from like actual spiritual events and things like, like people that are given those gifts, like you can't like, like, say, oh, God is all powerful. He can do anything, but yet, oh no, he can't he produce can't these kinds of people. And yeah, yeah, but he it, couldn't it possibly just... do that or call people to be Buddhist monks or uh, the example of what you're saying are literally like people who become monks or nuns or Muji. If you haven't yeah. listened to Muji, look up his podcast. I find it very just relaxing sometimes, but the guy literally mm-hmm. sits and just shares wisdom because he sits and observes life. Yeah. And that doesn't mean he's this major disruptor or celebrity. It means the guy's just living his life the way that he feels called to live by God. And so that, I think that's the final thing. If we could implore you with anything, look at what that means for you. Like our conversation today was literally a process of us figuring out, well, what do we think about the concept of self-made? And what do we think about the concept of really just zoning in on John 3.30 and saying, I must become less, he must become more. Um, We literally just unpacked one concept and analyzed what we each thought of it. Do we both feel like we're walking away like, I have all the answers now, I know the perfect theology. No, that's not the point. But we dug into the word, we analyzed the word, we asked ourselves personal questions. And so if that is not what you're doing in your daily task, Rhonda, I'd change your wording a little if I were you, but just me, um, you can give me feedback in the comments. Uh, so <laughs> sorry, Rhonda, uh, not sorry. Um, so that then it does become that task of like, well, every morning from five to five 30, which I know some people are more structured and regimented. So I'm not knocking a good schedule. Believe me, we're actually going to have some more things coming with how Karen and I manage our time. Um, but, but that then you, you do have to ask yourself, like, does this feel tasky or am I really being led to this? Because it's like, Ooh, like when I wake up some days, I'm literally looking over here. I have a ton of books and journals. Karen knows. I'm like surrounded by them in my small apartment, but it's literally like, uh, what do I feel like getting into today? Do I want to study this? Do I want to go in here? Let me pray first. Let me just listen and meditate. Let me listen to God's voice. Like, I don't know. I think if you're not mixing it up and you're not having fun in your walk with God and looking at every encounter that way, then yeah, it's going to feel like a task. And you're also going to be much more apt to go, well, just have faith. 
because that is what religion, which are man-made rules and legalism tells you is quote unquote, okay for you to make it into heaven um, or to make it to X, Y, Z. The way to have faith is to achieve blah, blah, blah. The way to have faith and the way that Jesus talks about faith as the children are sitting around his feet as he's teaching, he says like, yeah, yo, I wish you adult had faith like these little kids because they got it down. You guys are over here arguing about all this stuff and they're just like listening in awe and wonder. They're asking me questions. They're like, have the faith of little kids. You have that curiosity when you're little. Get back to that curiosity. We always talk about inner child work and our eight-year-old selves or 10-year-old selves. Like go back to that curiosity. Ask those questions that like you didn't know were not okay to ask. Ask them, please. You like, have you a direct you connection to God. Crazy stuff sometimes. You yeah, you, you think some crazy stuff. Jesus, Jesus is the access, and it might not be the same for every person's encounter. For me, Jesus was the access point that gave me the freedom to say, as a human, I can connect directly with God all day, every day. I don't need an intermediary. I don't need somebody else yep. to tell me what right and wrong is outside of the Bible and other spiritual texts and other wisdom. I don't need somebody to tell me how to pray. And that, again, I know different people have different comfort levels, especially if you don't come from a religious upbringing and prayer was not normal. You might come into situations where you you really sit down and you go, I don't know how to pray. And sometimes that is the best damn prayer God probably ever hears because it's the heart of a child literally crying out and saying, I don't even know what to ask you, God. I don't even know why I'm talking to you right now. And I'm speaking to people who maybe have had bad experiences in the church or you've never had experiences in an institution, whether that's a spiritual realm, because those are institutions too. It like no matter who you're working with or or what religion it's wrapped in, they're still institutionalized, whether it's Buddhism, Taoism, whatever. Um, it's still institutionalized. But in reality, the Bible, the Bible says. Like when you don't have the words to say, God will intervene with the moanings and groanings of spirit. Yep. And so when you don't have those words to say, you don't know why you're feeling how you're feeling. You go to God with nothing and emptiness. And that is what you rely on to be. God is who you rely on to be filled back up. That's why we talk about back up with the ways and means to get to the knowledge and the wisdom that you need in your life specifically. And that is also listeners and viewers. Why we talk a lot about our meditation practices because prayer and meditation are not the same thing. And meditation is a different form of sitting and listening and slowing yourself down to be mindful of how the Holy Spirit might be talking with you or showing you signs. But because often, like I do an exercise sometimes with school leaders where we just kick off the meeting with one minute of silence. And for most of them, they say, I couldn't even get 10 seconds into that without constantly thinking about everything I have to do. And so because we're not taught to be trained in that way to just sit, even if we're upset about something, sometimes the best thing you can do 
is to be alone with God and listen. Listen to what comes up for you. Listen and ask yourself, why won't my mind stop racing? Like those are the struggle moments that do yield the growth, but often we end up making it a task and go, well, I'm just going to go through my prayer list in my journal and I'm going to pray these things. And instead of, which again, not a bad practice. I write people's names as I think of them or as God lays them on my heart. I do it in my phone. I do it in my journal, whatever I have handy to remind myself to keep them in my prayers. But like, that's also being led by the spirit. It's not this thing that I just wake up and generate a prayer list every day. So that, and some people do, and that's great. It's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. But again, if we're putting it into a tasky thing, instead of like, this is a huge world and I serve a huge God. And that is the part of decreasing. Like I will never, John was mainly saying that because Jesus, he was helping baptize people. So the rest of that whole chapter, he was helping baptize and people. And he's thinking like, was, I'm, I'm a yeah, special guy. I'm doing this, but who am, whose name am I baptizing them in? And who are they worshiping? And who am I pointing them back towards? His whole, that whole part of the text was not even actually about God, in my opinion. His, I must decrease, he must increase. He did that because he knew in order to point back to God and serve God, he would have to humble himself and point to Jesus and he wouldn't get the shine and it wouldn't point back to him. So it had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with, well, I just make myself small because he wasn't small. He was a very, very respected scholar and teacher. So, and, and was helping baptize people in the name of Jesus. So that like, that is the other thing, like. It's if kind of like for a if second, you, if you think for a second that you're up there with God and you are God, like that is an issue. So, so put yourself down a bag, but if it's, you, it's likening, you can't even fathom, we can't even fathom God a lot in a lot of ways. If I had, if I had a first year nurse come in to my office and start teaching me things, like it's the same, it's the same type of vibe because I have been doing nursing for 16 years. I have been doing uh, nursing education for the last five years. And like, it's like a new nurse coming into me, uh, maybe from another country. Let's say she comes from Jamaica. We do have people that are in our working in our health system right now that are like uh, travel nurses from other countries. And so let's say that maybe say she worked like a year in Jamaica but she comes in and sits down with me and we have this crazy conversation about like maybe her OR experience. Maybe she was an operating room nurse and like the way that they do surgery and the recovery of surgery and all this stuff is so different. And she sees and she can compare how we do things here and what we do there. And she, she tells me about this thing that is actually sounds like a better practice than what we're doing. Like it would be really crazy of me to put myself up here. Oh, well, she's only this. Mm-hmm. No, like she has experience that I don't have. And so in this instance, this is this is who my teacher is. This is my teacher right now. Yep. And it doesn't like it's the same principle. We can anyway, we probably need to end this. You got Yeah, call, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. We've gone a lot of places today. Um, but Yes, be sure to check out spirituallystrategic.com. There's a link there that you can go to our merch collections. You can check out our blog. 
Um, and we're going to be doing some more facelift work on our main website too, but um, we'll include all those links below and also take advantage. Like I know on, I know for sure on Spotify, you can click and, and leave us a, a voice message. So you can send in comments with voice or you can comment right here on YouTube um, if you're watching this. But thanks again for all the love and support. Um, I know we're gaining a lot of new followers and a lot of new subscribers every day. And uh, we just want to continue sharing our journeys um, and sharing them realistically and modeling how, how we ask ourselves questions. So we'll include those questions as well. Um, if you would find them helpful, we will we'll put them in the, uh, the caption. Wow, we have a lot of stuff to put in the caption. So you guys just yeah. explore it like a buffet. <laughs> just explore it. Keep coming back for more. Okay, well, um, on that note, I'll see you soon. Um, this is, again, one of the sweatshirts you can get. So don't, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on these, but sleep in them and then wear them for the work day. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye, sister. Bye, sister. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sunflower Society podcast. To learn more about Kara and I and Spiritually Strategic Co., our company together, you can visit spirituallystrategic.com. And of course, if you found value in this episode, feel free to pass it along to a friend. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and leave us a review on Apple. All right. We hope that you have a wonderful week.